What's the deal with mining operations? This is spoilers. This is spoilers. Hey, hey guys, how's it going? Sub Josh. I, I think we're all sounding a little slow because we did something absolutely shameful this weekend. Blackout passion. I'm still recovering. I haven't felt good since. <laughs> no one's felt great, but I think it's safe to say that Pappy is in by far the worst shape. <laughs> I just, I went the hardest. I, I for Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Can we just keep the blasphemy and just that episode at least just contain it or something? Fair enough. Mikey, where are you recording from tonight? Uh, from Elkhart, Indiana. And what did you think of this episode three, Game of Thrones? I was actually entertained this episode. It started off with uh, some pretty great dialogue between John and Danny. Pappy, where are you recording from? And do you agree that that dialogue was good? I'm recording from Denver, Colorado this evening. And I do agree that this was some pretty solid dialogue. I would put this in the top 25% of all Game of Thrones episodes. You love doing that percentage thing. I do. So, what are some of the tricks? <laughs> Just got to insert math into the equation. But what was it on Dragonstone that you found to be so interesting in this portion? Well, I think it was just like the final coming together of what we've been waiting for for so long, right? Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, and it kind of showed Danny's backbone. Like she finally kind of, uh, kind of pushed her weight around with John. This kind of reminded me of book Danny more than any other point too, because she was also being a little bit maybe immature at times. Josh, what do you, did, you, did this remind you of the, the Daenerys from the books? Hmm. Well, I mentioned a couple episodes ago that I didn't like how she liked the idea of Jon Snow and wanted him to visit, but only on the condition that he bend the knee. And I felt, I, I thought that was problematic from the beginning. And this scene was kind of them, you know, figuring out how to solve that problem. And basically, Danny realizes it's not going to cost her much to help him. And so she kind of gives him like a strong warning and says, like, here's the dragon glass that you wanted. But do you think she's going to give him the dragon ass that he also wanted? See, I don't... See that's the thing. Aren't they supposed to be like cousins? Is that really how this series is going to end with some cousins are you talking about her or actual dragons (laughs) (laughs) that's weird (laughs) that's weirder than cousins mikey i i think this show set it up so that cousins aren't that weird i just i don't know i didn't get any flirtation between them i thought it was more of like a mutual respect but also i feel like there's a big uh gap between their experiences which i i like because they believe each other and they and they definitely kind of respect each other but they also like don't realize how much fucked up shit the other person's been through and i think that if like what's another problem i had with this whole episode i feel like people just don't explain things when given the opportunity like why doesn't john like literally say the night king raised his hand and all the dead people come alive like do you realize how (laughs) serious this fucking is like he doesn't take the time to explain it that brings me to what i think is the biggest problem with uh, this whole series probably so far and that is the pace that is taking the night king and his army to get from wherever they are 
where Jon Snow was in the land of Always Winter, Jon has time to go all the way to Dragonstone, set up a mining operation, which Mikey jokingly said a mining operation a couple weeks ago in an episode, but in dialogue this week in Game of Thrones, they literally called it a mining ep- operation. So, I don't know, do you guys think... them? Is the implausibility there almost too much to bear? I mean, that was the first thing I noticed right as the episode began was, wow, Jon Snow is already so far south uh, at Dragonstone. Like, it took no time at all. Uh, So you got to wonder what this Ice King is doing, or the Night King is doing, what taking forever to cross. Well, all, all pacing is out the window at this point. Like, the show's completely abandon any kind of like reliable timetable because you have at least yeah. four different jumps. You have like Jamie Lannister jumps. I think brand jumps from the wall to Winterfell. Uh, fucking Euron ships jump all the way around Westeros at some point. It's just, that's out the window. Anything is possible. Anyone can be anywhere at any time to wrap this shit up. <laughs> so that said, how are they going to build up the tension of the army of the dead finally getting to the wall? I mean, is that the next episode or is that like the end of the season? When is that coming? Do you think they get past the wall or do you think that's where the final stand is? Cause someplace I've always wondered where the final battle is going to be. I guess that depends if do they get past the wall? I used to think it was the wall, battle the wall until the show revealed that John would become King in the North. And now I think it's going to get pushed down south and maybe a new wall will be erected. I don't know. We're getting off track maybe here, but do you guys, have, do you guys yeah. have an end of game theory for this series? For the series or the season? Series. Kind of like what Pappy's saying. Like, Do you see a final battle happening? A final showdown battle? I would say that'd be the end of this season. I don't... I mean, you can't stretch that for a whole nother season, can you? I mean... It's already so ridiculous now. John is flying all over the place, and this Night King is taking his time getting just to the wall. I don't think you can stretch it for a whole other season. <laughs> How many episodes are in this season, Pappy? I think it's only like six or so. Seven? And I think it's seven, maybe? Something like yeah. that. But yeah, I think it's going to wrap... This season's going to wrap up with Danny burning down... Or somehow King's Landing's got to get burnt down because isn't that what she saw in the house of the undying in season two like that's like pretty much one of the only reliable foreshadowing pieces of speculation and in the show it's the red keep burned to the ground well i feel like so then danny yeah, danny I, or cersei could be the ones to set fire to the city and um, we can jump to some Cersei, if you guys are ready. This episode had everything you wanted in it. It had bags. It had some twincest. It was a perfect episode of Game of Thrones. I feel like a huge turd asking this, but didn't they do a body double for her a couple seasons ago? Was this a body double as well? We need uh, Brett for that one. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, something I was thinking about today is so these things culminate in basically the torture and death of the Sands and the torture and death of the last Tyrell, which is elderly Olena. And what's not really torture, but I think he went in there with the 
intention to kind of rub it in her face a little bit. And she turned it around, maybe? I don't know. I thought Jamie was actually the nobler one in that scene overall. Are we talking about the last scene already? Uh, is it the last scene? Where Jamie hands her that vial? Yeah. That's how the episode wraps up. So yeah, speaking of Cersei, do you guys want to go to that scene? I mean, it's the very end, but I felt like what struck me here with her her scene, old Lena with Jamie getting killed and then earlier the Sands getting kind of killed by Cersei, that um yeah, I felt like uh there's some a lot of mental torture going on there instead of the typical physical brutality that we see in this series. Uh, I'm actually surprised that they went that way. I was expecting a huge buildup for a big torture scene or something, something really graphic, because uh, both of these families have been kind of feuding forever now. So, I mean, pretty much everyone who's killed a Lannister kid has now been taken out of the equation. Like, I mean, Tommen KO'd himself, but uh, the Dorn people have been locked up and Olena's dead. So it's quickly wrapping up a bunch of plot points that have kind of been hanging out there. Well, there's one person that's left that at least Cersei thinks is implicit, and that's Tyrion. And, I mean... Do you guys think she's going to have it in for him too? Oh, for sure. Uh, but I don't think anything's going to come of it. I, How about that I like think... leveled up battle strategy too? All of a sudden they're like abandoning Castle Rock and like tricking Tyrion. Like they're kind of just like glossed over the fact that, oh, they know we're coming. Yeah. How uh, that scene kind of, kind of confused me. Uh, did they mention how they found out and how they kind of made that move or it didn't make sense? That's to me. what doesn't make sense is they have like a huge scene where it's basically Tyrion narrating like Sherlock Holmes style. And then like the, the video of what they actually show is like gray worm and their company like taking over Casterly rock. And he explains like every little detail of how they did it. And then a couple scenes later, Jamie's just like casually makes some remark like, Oh yeah, they took Castle Rock, but we'll be able to get that back in a couple days. No big deal. Yeah, I guess I just didn't understand what the point of giving up Castle Rock was, but and I don't write the show. Did you so like the narration, Josh? Like, I I kind of didn't like it, but Some it was pe- kind of necessary to explain what the fuck was going on. It was. Again, another time this season where they kind of changed their editing strategy, and they have not done a like a battle with a voiceover like that. So it seemed like they were in a bind of how to tell that part of the story, and I guess that's somehow what they came up with in the writing room. I don't know, Mikey. What, what do you think? What do you think? It's it's narrated, but it's narrated by the wrong side because he doesn't know what's happening in the end. He doesn't know that they got tricked in the end, but Tyrion is narrating the whole thing. And that's why I pointed out. Yeah, that's why I was pointing out that it's kind of lame when Jamie just in an almost throwaway line 
is like, oh yeah, no big deal. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You know what? Maybe this episode sucked. Maybe I'm maybe I'm <laughs> stepping off the hype train again. You started off by saying this entertained you, so I don't know what. Let's start there, maybe, Mikey. Instead of going scene by scene here, like what what do you remember in the experience of it that you liked more than the previous two episodes? If this is your first uh, episode, by the way, Mikey is the Game of Thrones detractor on the podcast. Loves to hate. Uh, I mean, I that first scene was probably Danny's best scene in a couple seasons now. And I think John, uh, they both kind of played off of each other really well. Um, and then there was another scene where uh, Jara, is it Yara or... The guy with the grayscale. Yeah, he gets cured, and there's kind of a nice scene where he shakes hands with uh, uh, the fat guy. Sam. Sam. Wasn't wasn't that a little bit of a risky shake, by the way? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a risk at first. Uh, I think the first hand is kind of like a nice gesture on Sam's part, (laughs) but then Yara goes in for that other hand on top to like seal the deal that he's <laughs> fucked <laughs> if he if didn't cure him so it's kind of a dick if move. i'm screwed you're screwed yeah <laughs> That's he kind of just coughed in his mouth right there i was pretty surprised too that sam's still hanging around the citadel like there's got to be something else that he discovers other than the cure for a dragon scale and the fact that there's a bunch of dragon glass and dragon stone like he still has more to yeah, I guess that's true. Um, exposition he, in this story. He doesn't really have. Yeah, you know, you know, that's what do. I've been theorizing, Pappy. That there's still more to find out. But do you have any idea what that could be? I'm not sure, unless there's some like mystical thing to stop the White Walkers at the wall or something like that. Like it would have to be part of the end game and a little bit more effective than just like a bunch of weapons. But 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 they really are setting him up to be a problem solver and someone that can like make make things happen get results i guess now i was gonna say just a couple weeks ago we talked about this that potentially Littlefinger could be the one to reveal to john who his real parents are maybe that's what sam finds out because someone's got to tell john it's got to be someone that john trusts and that would also be maybe motivation for sam to go running to tell him i don't know which brings us to maybe the one scene we haven't really touched on so far. And that is uh Littlefinger talking to Sansa. I thought he had a pretty cool monologue in there. And then also um, another Stark reunite, uh, another Stark reunion where Bran and Sansa like really talk for the first time. Um, what'd you guys think about the Winterfell portion? Uh, Bran is just so weird. Now he's the third, the three eyed Raven is just such a weird character. So I don't really care much about <laughs> He's him. He's so annoying. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. But it's nice that he reunited with Sansa, I guess. But he's kind of like a robot now. Hey, big sis, you looked pretty when you were raped. Whoa. Jeez. That's what he says. <laughs> Edit point. I think that Bran is No, like, that's literally what he says. I know. I know. Okay. Was that not weird we got for it. anyone else? <laughs> It was weird that that's like the one memory he picked, but they make a big deal about it being by that tree when her and Ramsey get married. I mean, the trees are like the vehicle for him seeing a lot of this stuff, right? 
But why does he got to be so douchey about it? Okay, this is my point that I was trying to get to. I think the problem here is that a couple short seasons ago, Bran was a young, cute, earnest boy looking for adventure. And now he's like, I don't know if he's just been listening to a lot of Smashing Pumpkins and Elliot Smith, but he doesn't even give like a straight answer to a question. Like, what's the deal? I I don't really know. He's kind of just hung around Winter, Winterfell and then the Wall and a little bit past that. And then he's gone back to the Wall and Winterfell. He hasn't really gone anywhere. And I don't understand the point of the Three-Eyed Raven. Oh, but he's taking trips in his mind, dude. Is that what the Three-Eyed Raven is? Is just some guy dropping acid all day? <laughs> Open your third eye. <laughs> But it's just his character is so boring. Like like what you were saying, Josh, like he used to have like ambition and was a climber. Now he's just so flat. Like even when Sansa like goes to like hug him, he's just kind of like a limp. Well, I guess he's handicapped, but he's a kind of like a noodle and just doesn't care. Yeah. Emotionless, so like boring. even if he does something to help the end game and like help win, you get the sense like nobody's going to care about him. Yeah, well, and he won't care about that outcome. He's like, well, that was just one small battle and a long war to come. Like, his perspective is so huge that it's, like, he he's very unrelatable now. Yeah. I, I actually had a friend today. I'll read this text he sent me because I was ripping on this scene. And he said that Bran has seen the entirety of history. I'm sure it's got to be hard for him to relate and communicate with folks. Yeah, he could be more direct with his sister. If only she had a third eye, too. Going to be hard to explain why he acts the way he does through words alone. Thoughts. Truth or utter bullshit? Utter bullshit. <laughs> Do you think it's just bad writing, Pap? I, yeah. I, I don't, well, I don't know if I'd call it bad writing. I just call it boring character development and... Bad I don't know. Like, there's there's so many other like exciting things happening. It's almost like they put in the boring parts in between the exciting parts. Like the Arya stuff isn't really moving that fast. The Bran stuff isn't really moving that fast. So maybe just kind of like sticking these scenes in between more actiony stuff to keep those plot lines treading water. So hopefully <laughs> Bran has something interesting to do. But the way his character is today, it's not interesting at all. Uh, I think I think this is a character George R. R. Martin had like big plans for where they just kind of don't have any more source material for. So they're kind of treading water. See, I always thought he was going to warg into a dragon. I thought that was his whole point. Maybe he still will. I think a lot of people think that him and Daenerys and Jon Snow will ride the three dragons. And by riding, I mean warging, physically riding... Or having sex with. <laughs> what if Bran wars into one and then Tyrion <laughs> rides? Yeah. You think Tyrion has a dragon? I could see that. A, l- a little tiny one? A baby dragon? <laughs> wow, dude. Not cool. No, not cool at all. I, <laughs> I think that hits most of the plot points, if not all. Is there anything we missed before we hit yes or no's, you guys? Yeah, it's pretty much all I had. I guess the the bank of Bravo stuff was there. Was there anything that jumped out there to you, Josh? I thought that was the first time this season that Cersei's actually sounded um, like she has a lick 
of what she knows what she like this is the first time this season that she sounded like she has any idea she knows what she's doing at all you are your father's daughter that was like a little (laughs) over the top a little heavy-handed that line but yeah that's basically (laughs) what that scene was all about i think so that was like the whole point of like taking over the tyrells was to get the gold to pay the bank (laughs) is this like the phantom menace i take the boy you get the (laughs) i'll front the money Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. But that's kind of my problem with the Bravosi scene is I, d- I don't know what's going on. I get it. He's a powerful bank guy. She has an army. I- we don't know the books. We don't know the books of uh, Westeros. Like the Game of Thrones books, or like the uh, the, the tax bank- ledger. Oh, the tax. We don't, we don't know. We don't know who's in what tax bracket. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Then uh, the only other scene that I that stuck out to me was the scene with the red lady and uh, Varys when she's on top of the hill, and she has some like weird foreshadowing saying that like, she'll come back one more time, but she'll die there. And I think she said something like, "And Varys will die there too," or something along those lines. Or at least that they'll both die in Westeros. She at some at. point. But like, yeah. who who cares what she says? She's horrible and always wrong. Like, I don't care. Why is she right now? That doesn't make sense. Varys walked up to her, being all smug, trying to trying to make her squirm and trying to get her to leave. And then he, in the end, is just totally dumbfounded about what she said to him. He's kind of hilarious. She's like the uh, uh, final boss in Twisted Metal. If you ever played that game, where like, he would like grant your wish, but it would be like in a different way, like. You'd wish for all the money in the world and you're like <laughs> crushed by it. It's like her like prophecies. Like they're kind of right, but they're also like just completely. She's Aesop's fables. Yeah. Inconvenient. <laughs> I feel like the show is showing her so like informally and like you're supposed to believe what she says now because she's changed and she's actually good. But lest we not forget, she burned a ch- innocent child alive one season ago. Stay yeah. woke, people. She needs to. She needs to be hung. Oh, I got one other thing too. Uh, Wait, no, no, no. Mikey's gonna stand up for the red woman. I want to hear what he says. Is it just the bags or what? <laughs> I was gonna say she does a lot of bag scenes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she sticks around. I mean, she's not really contributing anything else to the story at this point. Wow. <laughs> Go ahead, Pat. Well, what I was gonna say. But it's always nice to talk about bags. I thought this episode does something that most Game of Thrones episodes usually completely fail at or oftentimes will ruin the episode trying to do. Is It had some funny moments, I thought. Uh, are you talking about Davos the, when he's describing John to Danny? That was pretty funny. I thought that was kind of humorous. I thought the uh, Tyrion saying something to the effect of like, a wise man once said, and then like Danny calls him on his bluff, and he's like, "Well, I'd never lie about that to you." I thought that was funny. Um, and then when Davos is like hitting on Miss Sandy, I didn't really know what was going on in that scene, but he's like talking about the island that she's from, and she just shuts him down. There were some funny parts. She's like, "You don't want to see me when this ruby's off. Things get weird." <laughs> she's like, "I prefer men with no penis." <laughs> And uh, that'd be a good spot, great spot to end it. But I do have one more comment. Uh, we talked about Olena getting killed 
we did not talk about Ilaria Sand getting, um, I wouldn't say she's killed. She's actually under a lifetime torture where she has to watch her daughter die and then be by her rotting corpse for the rest of her life, right? Talk about we an talked easy about, punishment. Yeah. We talked about fan service with the way the sand snakes were killed last episode. Like, literally choking them so they can't talk was pretty was pretty cathartic for a lot of Game of Thrones fans, I bet. It's pretty messed up that the fan service is like brutal deaths. I mean, it's kind of gross. It's kind of awesome. What did you guys think about this retribution <laughs> for Cersei, though? Do you think that it disturbed you as deeply as it should have, I guess? <laughs> oh, I mean, she clearly got off on it. She went and had sex right after. She's all screwy now, screwy in the head. But she must have been pretty confident that she wiped off all of that lipstick. That could have been a bad situation, especially oh, yeah, when she's putting then... it around Jamie's knob <laughs> like five minutes later. Yeah, she like, goes down on him to start with. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like it's more of the fact that we basically took two major houses out of the picture and then, you know, three if you count the phrase couple episodes ago like we're wrapping up plot lines as fast as we possibly can right like thank god we're narrowing the scope of the show connecting mm-hmm. characters wrapping stuff up like it's pretty exciting because of that i think yeah but you said a couple weeks ago like or just last week that you thought scenes were necessary because they helped move the plot along but that doesn't make for entertaining storytelling when it's just like a plot line because there has to be one. That's not organic. That's not natural or realistic, really. It's just like a waiting game. Eh, I mean, Martin and the show owners on this show have done a good job of, <clears throat> I've done a good job of like killing off characters and introducing new ones. And then I think it is kind of like, classic storytelling you know it's almost like the godfather where you have a couple deaths along the way but then you have this bloodbath at the end that kind of like increases the i don't know the stakes or the tension or the excitement like that's kind of like the part that we're in now it's like the bloodbath of the godfather where like everyone's got it i mean everyone's got to die valar my cool laid all right I guess we can get to, on that note, our yes or no's. Um, Mikey, we'll start with you, then we'll do Pappy, then me, and give your yes or no, but then I also want you to answer the question of what you think of Littlefinger in a nutshell. Uh, this is a solid, solid yes. Uh, this is the first really entertaining episode of the season so far, I think. Um and there isn't even a whole lot of action going on. It's just a lot of great dialogue. Uh, a lot of things are starting to wrap up, like Pap said. And it does make the show a lot more exciting when you see all these plot lines get wrapped up pretty quickly. Um, I think it's a yes. I think the, the show is on an upward turn. I still don't know where it's going to go. But uh, I hope it's. Uh, I hope it ends well. I mean... It'll be interesting to see how they do it, but it's a yes. What about Littlefinger? 
Uh, Littlefinger is just like the creepiest guy on the show. I don't know what he's trying to get at. I mean, it's clear what he's trying to get at, but he's trying to get in Sansa's pants. He's trying to get Sansa's. Yeah, he's trying to get in Sansa's pants, and he's trying to get some power, but I don't know. I don't like him. I think he's a clever character. He's probably one of the smartest people on the show, but he's just a creepy guy. Pappy. Yeah, this is a yes for me. I think it's definitely the best episode of the season so far. I was joking earlier, but it does have a little bit of everything you like about Game of Thrones in it. And uh, I'm excited to see what comes next. And Littlefinger, I don't know. I don't really like Littlefinger. Um, I think that he might be one of the next major characters to die. Uh, Ooh, hot take. Or I want to see him sit on the Iron Throne. One of those two. And this is Josh. Uh, I've given all the episodes a yes so far, and I think this was the best one, so I'm going to give it a yes too. I think it's a little weird. I think what Mikey said is true. This season is like on an upswing, and I don't think if you're plotting out a season, you necessarily want episode number three to be better than one and two, but it's the way they did it, um, in all of our opinions at least. And... Uh, Littlefinger, I guess, like, I think he's going to be part of the end game so far. Or I think he's going to be part of the end game as far as having a big role to play. And I'm not sure what that is. I'm kind of frustrated, but I I feel like it's going to be really annoying and he's going to do something bad. So that's kind of what I was wondering from you guys. Like, it's, they wouldn't keep showing him and playing him up if he didn't have an essential role to play as of yet. I think they're trying to make it clear that he's going to betray John or something in some way to try and get Sansa's loyalty or something like that. I don't know. I think he'll try to pit Sansa get against John somehow. I think the speech that he had in this episode was the best acting we've seen from that character too. When he's talking about how you have to think about all stories at all times, like you're realizing that he's built up this empire upon like this, complete paranoia yeah and i think it also shows that it gives you a glimpse into like what he's working with in comparison to all the other characters involved and i did appreciate that someone a co-worker actually told me today that they thought that this episode hinted at littlefinger being a witch or like having magical powers i didn't see Mm -hmm. that at all i just thought you know he's a very smart like mikey said clever guy I don't know. Right. I I don't see the witch thing. I don't know. <laughs> Pappy, no magical powers, right? <laughs> no, I mean, I thought the only Hogwarts part was when Sam almost got expelled from the Citadel. But... <laughs> he, he almost got expelled from Hufflepuff. Yeah, exactly. 50 points deducted from Sam yeah. Sam's house. You did cure Grayscale, so 500 points. <laughs> but you could have killed everyone, so negative 400 points. And you're banned from Quidditch. Well, before we head out, I think (laughs) before I toss it to Spoiler Man, we're going to just do like another Game of Thrones episode. And then we're going to have episode number 100, which is Pappy Remind Him once more. Blackout Passion of the Christ. (laughs) Lots of enthusiasm going into this episode. Yeah, uh, I guess that's why I brought it up to just explain the maybe flatness of this episode one more time before we head out. 
So yeah, I, still, anyway. I physically hurt, like <laughs> in my palms and in my feet and around where my crown was. It's oh, oh, dude. oh no, dude! What? <laughs> okay, that's worse than anything you said on that whole episode. That's bad. Oof. Just end it. End it now, before it gets Wait, out of I- hand. I wanted to recap, though. All right, episode 98, Game of Thrones. Episode 99, Game of Thrones. That'll be episode 5 of Game of Thrones. And then episode 100 is uh, BOP, Blackout Passion. And then 101 might be 101 Dalmatians or Bloodsport, depending on what we decide. (laughs) But we'll let you know. All right, that was spoilers. Here you go, spoiler man. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme. Our number is 903-776-4507. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review by searching for Movie Spoilers, clicking on the cereal bowl, select the Reviews tab, and leave us some stars and some words. That was Spoilers. Podcast spoilers. <laughs>